Welcome to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast, where we discuss various dog training topics to help you become the best leader for your dog. Marvin Pierce has over 20 years of experience with obedience training for dogs located in the Sherwood, Oregon area. Offering private lessons and group clinics, the dog teacher has been able to change the lives of dog owners by helping them develop and maintain an obedient dog. For more information, contact us at MarvinPierceDogTeacher.com. Tonight we have Bianca, of course, who trains with me. I'm Marvin, and this is Quinn. Quinn apprentices with us. And does a really good job because we throw her to the wolves kind of speak once in a while. Like today, I guess I forgot I had a lesson. <laughs> I was out doing a tour of the ranch with a bunch of people, letting them feed horses, grass, and stuff. And <clears throat> I seen Quinn getting jerked around out there, so I went out. Actually, I went in the round pen, and Bianca ran me off and told me to go up Quinn. So I went out there and helped Quinn. Thanks for tattling. Yeah, I was doing okay. You were doing fine. I didn't say you were not. She just wanted me to go help you. And so I did. And then I went back in and aggravated her too. So You did? Yeah, I don't mind that. But for me, it's fun to see the fact here now that it's not drastic if I'm not in the exact right spot at the right time. Yeah, I wasn't even worried about it. I was like, well, go see if Marvin's out there, and if not, Quinn can do it. So it's fun to it see that fun. you can... Uh, to me, you're, you're learning. And the majority of the time, I feel that the low ranch manager, sometimes he does a better job with dogs than some adults. Mm-hmm. Just because he don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just mm-hmm. thinks they should be okay, and they are usually okay. So not all dogs, but the majority of them that, that we handle here after a little while, he can drag them around. But it's because me, they, the little guys have confidence. They don't know the dog's going to drag them down and be bad. Yeah. So, And like Clay, he'll bulldog a dog, too. He's been known to do that. Uh, I didn't see him. I think you did. Oh, yeah, he did it. And he'd been watching too much rodeo with his dad, I think. So he had a good time on it too. <laughs> <laughs> At least that was a good dog. <laughs> he didn't get dog bit. So uh, <clears throat> for me, with the podcast is where you are talking about dog training and different things with dogs. And sometimes I'll throw a story in there from cow catching or getting bucked off a horse or whatever. Uh, but me, I like to talk about problem dogs, of course. And then there's times when we like to talk about puppies that are raised that are prevented from having problems, and so you don't have to fix them. It's hard to fix problems. And I feel today that we had a, I don't remember what the dog was, we had a big old pit bull across some kind came in that was really bad. And For me, I don't ever throw someone under the bus. I mean, we talked to the people that had the dog, and we told them what. I didn't tell them the whole thing because I thought about it after they left, and mm-hmm. me and you and Quinn talked about it, and I kind of came to the conclusion of what I thought caused the whole problem. And we're going to touch bases on that because of the fact that it is huge. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, sometimes we always try to find something that caused it, not realizing it was just that. Us, mm-hmm. ourself. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> this dog was a treat trained dog. Six years old, I think. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it, the dog came home. It went. To, it was in the vet and it had a plate put in his leg or something. Mm-hmm. And then 
it came home and it was fine. And then it went back to the vet six months later, a year, 10 years later, whatever. It wasn't 10 years because the dog was on six, but they went back and took the plate out and then the dog came home and then it got bad. It's, uh, it'll jump on you, it'll drag you down on the leash, it tries to get to other dogs, it, it counter serves, it uh, eats everything. Yes, it ate her hot cooking food off the stove the yeah. other day, flipped it all over and ate it. Really quick. Yeah. So, for me, what caused that dog to change? And we talked about it, like I said, but it was like the perfect dog. And then when it came home from the vet, it was like the world's worst dog. Other than it didn't bite people, and it didn't dog fight, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really like dogs, and it pounces on dogs too roughly, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And some of the stuff I could be wrong on, I don't know. But anyway, for me, you know, after I thought about it, after they left, we took out a bunch of dogs on the playground, and I got thinking about what caused this problem. Because when she got the dog <clears throat> out of the vehicle, she said it was going to jump all over us, and it was, was going to be really bad. And it did drag her through the barn because it tried to get to my dog some. But we just wanted her to get on into our training pen. And once we got in there, she fooled with it a little bit. And I asked her, and we got video somewhere of the dog, too. One of these days, we'll throw some video up on it. But uh, what was the dog's name? Canelo. Canelo. Yeah. So one of these days, if you all are watching or listening to our podcast, watch for a video on Canelo. And we'll put some video up on it, Brett. And... Uh, to show people because of the fact, for me, with her, when she was handling the dog, when she got in round pen, the dog never settled. And I asked her if the dog would settle, and she said no. And I finally asked her if I could handle the dog, and I put one of my slip leashes on it. And I took her pinch collar off of it. And she was not using it, though. She wasn't using the pinch collar. She was just using a regular flat collar. But I put my rope on it, and I don't know, it took me five minutes probably to have the dog settle down. Mm -hmm. And the dog even sat by my feet without me asking the first time. And I feel it really changed that dog right then, you know. That was, I think, the change for it is it got handled on a loose leash. I got the leash loose on it, and I think that's what made a big difference. But we got to talking, and we took it out into the, uh, one of our little training pens outdoor, and the dog done really good there. And I had the lady to handle the dog some, too, in a round pen, and she done pretty good. A lot better than she did when she first came in with it. But for me, it goes back to always, you, I try to figure out what triggered it. What was the thing that happened? <clears throat> At first, I thought maybe it was some kind of nerve problem or something from the, from surgery. But the more we got to talk, and I, I kind of, what a little bit I know about medical, but... I, I threw that out. I don't think that was part of the problem. I think the problem was something else. And, and the more we got to talking to her, and I mean, she was really got upset and emotional too, you know, because it's her buddy. I mean, and that's what these dogs are for people. They're their life. I mean, they're part of the family. And we always want to fix the dogs and the owners. The dogs are normally really easy to fix because they forget they don't care. Yesterday is over. They're ready for today. And they don't worry about tomorrow. So I think for people, we worry about yesterday, last week, last month, last year, 10 years ago. We just worry about everything. So this dog was treat trained from the word go. And it was a really nice dog. It was treat trained and done great. But when it came home from the hospital, it changed instantly. And it wasn't treat motivated. It wasn't 
just didn't mind no more and didn't respect nobody. But I kind of think in my own thoughts that maybe that it came home from the vet. It wasn't in the mood for a treat. And the lady asked for a command and the dog didn't do the command because it didn't want to treat. And then the lady might have lost some confidence. And I could be totally wrong. I don't know. We'll have to ask her next time we'll see her. <clears throat> I'm sure she'll be back. But I feel once you lost confidence in your leadership in a dog, it's really hard to just get it back because of the fact that your confidence has been lost. And you got an 80, 85-pound pit bull, and he's not aggressive at all, so that's that was the fun thing about it. He's a really nice dog. He's just lost because he don't have leadership. So your comments, Bianca. Yeah, I saw most of the same stuff. I wouldn't have had the confidence to handle him, but I saw a lot of the same things where she seemed emotional over it. She was so emotional. She couldn't even start to tell the story without becoming emotional, and I get it, but I also get that that does no good for your situation with the dog. But you've been there. Yep. Yes. Yes. And it is. I mean, the thing is, for me, I feel... Because I've never been there with a dog. I mean, so I don't know from experience, you know. It's like me I like me saying I know how it is to crash an airplane. I've never done it. You can only imagine the things. But I still feel that the thing is when you get in that situation, as I was saying a while ago, it's so hard for you to get the confidence. It is. But the dog is lost because they don't have a leader. Sometimes I feel like when you're in that deep and you've lost that much confidence, and your dog has lost that much obedience. Leadership. Leadership. Yeah. Then I, I do feel the only way to fix that is get the dog away from you and get you away from the dog. Like, it's for both the person and the dog to have that. And then the amount of time it takes. Yeah. Because, like, Rue, you know, one of these days we're going to do a big old podcast on Rue and how life's been for her <clears throat> but back to this lady and her dog it's just so hard I feel to see that just slip away mm-hmm. you got like the perfect dog one day and next day you wake up and yeah. you got a monster yeah. and you don't know what to do with it and you don't know how to fix it and I feel like it would be traumatizing if you don't have enough knowledge to know that it could be you if you bring your dog home from a surgery and they're different and you think to yourself something happened, that's traumatizing. You're like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get my dog back because neurologically it's messed up now. Or it was abused at the vet or whatever story gets into your mind messes you up. Not you, but the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is. And it's not something you can just say, oh, you're good. Go. Yeah. It don't work that way. I mean, it it just doesn't work that way because of the fact that... And I go back... I don't think we've ever talked about Little Fenway on on a podcast. We talked a lot on Facebook, but not on a podcast. But Little Fenway came here with a muzzle on, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he was a turd. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wanted to bite people and dog fight. And Mm -hmm. and, I can't remember the owner's name now, but she was really traumatized because she had a, what, three-year-old lab cross or something that just couldn't be around people and dogs and she her family had dogs and they had kids and she was just like 
she was worried, but you know, the thing is with her, I feel, I uh, know for a fact that she was in to win. Mm-hmm. And she did. I mean, Lil Fenway was cool, and I think he's coming up here for long. I've seen somewhere, I think. But the fun thing is for her and that dog is <clears throat> she followed it to a T. Yeah. Everything we said, she was on it. And sometimes people don't do that. And I go back to some of these dogs that are like an alcoholic that got on the wagon, they call it, and they fall off the wagon. But when you get your dog on that wagon and the human is the one who gives it the beer, the owner, then you really made a mistake. And for me, for the human to give that dog the beer is you... You shared your cheeseburger at the dining room table that that was one of his huge problems. Or you let him sleep on the bed one night because fireworks went off and he was scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything like that is what escalates it again. And then the owner's like, oh, my dog ain't fixed. And he'll never be fixed if you continue that way. And that's hard. And we have people come here, oh my God, I couldn't imagine life without my dog. Mm-hmm. But they won't change. And I feel that if you don't change, you, uh, if you don't change, you probably never get it fixed. No. Yeah. I mean, there's no, you can't set a dog down like you can a human and say, hey, if you don't quit, this is what's going to happen. Well, the humans argue. They do. Yeah. Some. Not all, but... It's amazing how many of the owners that come here that are so cool and try so hard and want to do so good mm-hmm. and do. A lot of them. You know, what's his name? Tobin. They were here today, and Tobin and Bo. And I went up there and looked side by side, and shoot, they were both up in there with me. That's Tobin was on my lap, of course, and Bo was sitting there beside me, and then he got up in the seat once beside me. So it's fun to see those dogs here on the ranch having fun on Saturday morning. and. Mm-hmm getting to play and be dogs and <clears throat> Chauvin was a mean little turd he couldn't be around dogs so mm-hmm. it's pretty fun so Quinn you got anything you want to add you can't just sit there and lean on your arm and on your <laughs> hand and sleep well I'm just thinking I relate all these experiences to my own and like how rebuilding that confidence like in a way you have to put yourself in those like scary positions in order to regain that but it's hard for most people to if your dog's aggressive put him with a bunch of dogs or if you you know your dog is going to drag you to the ground to like put a leash on it and like go out the door and just all those like little moments that'll it's hard for a lot of people to get themselves to even try in order to gain their confidence and that's a lot of dogs and i mean i see it see and hear about a lot where the dog gets put up, they don't have company over. They can't invite friends over, they can't go on a trip because they got a dog that they can't leave nowhere, mm-hmm. but they can't take it with them. And they start segregating those dogs and putting them in the back porch and put them in the kennels and leaving them there and they can't let them out on this day or that day. And it just, for me, I don't have an issue with a person. I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with it. If you got guests coming over, put your dog up somewhere. Put him out in the backyard or put him in the kennel or whatever you want to do with him. But I don't feel you should keep him away from all people all the time because yeah. I think that's yeah. just bad. Yeah. 
There's a difference between putting them out of the way than than to keeping them away from people because you're gonna get in trouble, and that's the, that's the hard part for people to understand. Me, my dogs, excuse me, they stay in the kennels while they're outside doing lessons all the time, but they don't sleep in the house. That doesn't bother me because if the truth was really known, majority of the time, my dogs are probably out with people doing something more than most house dogs are mm-hmm. because of the fact that, I mean, we start at 7 in the morning and we quit at 8 at night, and <clears throat> the dogs are always coming and going, and they're always around people and other dogs, so that's, for me, that's a lot of attention for a dog to get, and, and they're perfectly fine laying around up here in the bed. Mm-hmm. They don't care. So, with Quinn, you came here also with a problem dog. I think that's how we met you. Mm-hmm. And Rue, and like I said, we'll do a whole thing about Rue one of these days, and as soon as we get her fixed, it might be a little while, but I, uh, it's just hard, you know. I feel sometimes uh, it's like you got an alpha dog, like you have some people who just don't ever quit wanting to be that leader. And you get dogs that are that way. They just can't say, I'm good. And I'll be a follower every day. And I think that's what gets a lot of these dogs in trouble. Like Goofy. Mm -hmm. He had a pretty rough story, I guess. I didn't even know. Well, I'm sure I was told, but how bad he was on a leash and around dogs and stuff. And now it's just hard to believe that, as cool as he is. I mean, he's... When he comes here for day board or boarding or whatever, hell, we just kick him out with a pack. Mm-hmm. We don't worry about what little dogs, big dogs, or, or what dogs it is. We just throw him I'm out. I'm pretty sure he was the dog that was shot. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I think he was shot in the butt one time yeah. or something. So. And you didn't, he doesn't remember it? No. Nah. I asked him about it the other day, and he said he didn't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was having a conversation about <clears throat> trying to, but. There's one side, one side conversation, like I said, because he didn't remember it. But, you know, we get traumatized dogs here, there's no doubt. And we get dogs here that, I mean, like I say all the time, a dog missed a meal one time, you know. And to most people, that's just like, oh, geez, that's terrible. And it's like, damn, I missed a meal. You missed a meal today, I think. You missed lunch, huh? <laughs> Probably breakfast, too. Probably. <laughs> really? No. I say no that's bad. I'm gonna get you something to eat. <laughs> I, uh, that's me. I got up early this morning and then I done uh, cooked me some eggs and piece of toast this morning for breakfast. So that's pretty good to go. But for the dog part of things, is I feel I keep wanting to talk about dog foods, but we can't do it on podcasts because we can't get viewers input. So any viewers out there, I want you to listen and. One day, we're going to, probably next Wednesday, if I don't forget, I'm going to bring up dog food again. And what does people feed their dogs and why? And it's pretty tough. It's a hot hot topic every time it comes up because of the fact, not as hot now since Darian ain't here, but me and her could debate on it pretty hard. And I think you feed black gold now. I do. So we can't debate on it, but yeah. You made the switch. I didn't even make a switch. My dog's poop didn't change, nothing. It was the same shit, just half the price. Well, Nash has like six different food bags because... Yeah, you got a serious yeah. problem. You do? <laughs> Not me. Your dog didn't go buy it. 
Does he order shit now? Does he get on the oh, your iPhone? And, yeah, he orders his own food. Amazon Prime. He, cha- he changes every week. Like, I don't know what that this week. I'm going to order me some food. I'm going to try some buffalo meat. So, but it is funny for me to, you know, I know dogs are allergic to certain things. I mean, Bodie's allergic to, what is it, beef or chicken? Yeah, that's different. Uh, but I know for me, and I don't know, maybe my dogs aren't doing as great as I think they are, but they look good. They're healthy. They run and play and crap all over everything. I did a guaranteed analysis of the dog food I was feeding and the dog food you were feeding and the sources it comes from, and it is the same. They're, the only thing that your dog food didn't have was the additional supplements that help with preventing arthritis and joint pain and all those things. And we happen to be I should be eating that a stuff. pretty good advocate for NutriBet. And so all I had to do was switch the vitamins I give my dog and he's getting the same food. And, you know, we are a dealer for uh, NutriBet. Nuvet, yeah, Nuvet. Nutribet is a dog food. Yeah. I know. We're we're foods. dealers for Nuvet and Garmin, <laughs> and yeah, uh, we get our leashes at uh, Cycle, Cycle dog. Dogs. We have got our own custom leashes made. I'd show you, but you can't see it. Uh, <laughs> and we sell different leashes. We sell slip leashes, and we sell pinch collars, command collars, and sometimes we'll sell a prone collar or whatever. But. Uh, You know, I feel sometimes people get confused with history now and in the past. Uh, I, I feel it goes back to people talking about like the Mustangs, and I'll get hate mail over this shit too, but it's life. The Mustangs live for, I don't know, ever how many hundreds of years in the wild, and they've been fine. They haven't been fine. You know, they've had bad feet, bad teeth, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, been snake bit. <clears throat> so I don't feel that that's fair mm-hmm. to say that we don't need to put shoes on our horse or trim our horse or float our horse's teeth mm-hmm. just because Mustangs didn't. Mm-hmm. That's like me saying, oh, it's okay. That guy got some motorcycle to ride, but I got to ride a bicycle. That ain't okay, because mm-hmm. I got to work my ass off to get where I'm going, and he just got to twist the throttle. So why is that fair? You know, For me, what makes it fair is I didn't buy a motorcycle. I had that option. The dogs don't have the option except mm-hmm. for her dog. It gets on her iPhone and on dog food. <laughs> <laughs> but for the rest of the working dogs, <clears throat> is it? it's not... I don't think it's always fair to say that dogs ate this back then. You know, all they had to eat was elk and deer they killed and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, they didn't get no vitamins, no supplements. So they may not have been as healthy as our dogs are now. But one of the things about the wolves and the coyotes is they had a pack leader that kept them in line. And they got exercise every day because they had to walk, find food, whatever, you know. <clears throat> and they didn't get three squares a day like our dogs do. Some people's mind don't. but So I don't think you can always go by then compared to now. And me, whenever I called and talked to a dog food company about the byproducts, because that's what people said is terrible, 
And I know this is not good to hear either, but he said that part of the byproducts that they use in the dog food that I feed is better byproducts than they use to make bologna and hot dogs. I'm like, damn, dude, I like bologna and hot dogs. <laughs> You're saying they're worse than my dog food. So I feel sometimes that people read something and they don't do an in-depth research on the actual item. Now, I remember I go back to Roping, I was at one time, uh, Roping School, and the guy there says that, and it's a, it's still a myth. I mean, you'll hear people say it. <clears throat> when you ride in the head and box, you always turn your horse's head to the steer and back in the corner. And somebody told this old boy that, and he's like, why? And the guy who told him was like, well, so-and-so said so. He went to so-and-so, and so-and-so said, well, yeah, you got him because so-and-so said so. So he went to that. And, I mean, he was like four or five guys down the road. And, I mean, it was a lot of work to get to the final guy who started shit. And he's like, why do I turn my horse's head to steer when I back in the corner? And the guy's like, I don't know. I did it because my horse wouldn't turn the other way. And so for 30 years, it was just common knowledge that you had to turn your horse's head to the steer to back in the corner. And no one questioned it. Nobody went far enough in it yeah. to find out that the guy who started it was only because the horse wouldn't turn the other way. So a lot of times with the dog food and things, it's, it's the same. And like I said, I'm no nutritionist for dogs, so I don't even know what is in the high-dollar dog food you fed. And and stuff that's in your... I only know really what's in mine. Food. I only know what's really in mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I don't remember why. Probably the same guy that turned his horse one way, not the other way. He told me this is good dog food, and I started feeding it. And, and for me, I don't even know. I've fed it for 10, 15 years. And black gold is what we're talking about, but they do make all kinds. I mean, you can get salmon, elk. I don't even know what all you can get. But yeah. I feed the black bag because I've never had issues with it. When I work cow dogs a lot, the only thing I would change about it is if I was working my dogs really hard, I fed them more. And... So I think that, like I said, sometimes with the, and then like I said, hopefully people are on here listening. So next time on Facebook Live, we can get to it. And the thing sometimes gets me as a person who is dead set on this is the only dog food you can feed. Owned like three dogs in their life, in their life, and I've owned right. three hundred or whatever. So and I've had my dog food, never had issues with it. Not saying you won't, but I'm feeding it to two labs right now, and some people say they can't eat beef. I think. I think that's the main ingredient in that food that we feed, and I had no trouble with them. So, and we'll see when you get your puppy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I know you're gonna go feed some high dollar puppy food, probably, but I'm just gonna feed a black coal. Good job. Glad to see my dog food's rubbed off on you. <clears throat> so, uh, I think we've pretty much covered the dog that was here today. Mm -hmm. It did do a really good job. I let it out of the kennels yeah. to the car. It was on a loose leash when we got to the car. It wasn't by my leg because I didn't try to make a heel because I think that's a, <clears throat> sometimes not a good thing to do in that situation. And the seeing the dog, seeing you work the dog and seeing that we can't fix that dog was really cool. But I feel like the coolest thing about that lesson was that lady's face lit up when she saw her dog could settle. Yes. It was like she suddenly realized he wasn't broken. And that's always a lot of change for people. And a while ago with Little Fenway, that was, I was going that subject and I forgot, but that's what we done with Little Fenway. I videoed that dog and mm -hmm. sent videos to Renee. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. so she can actually she see that dog. See yes. The dog. Yeah. And that way, it already started building her confidence yeah. that her dog was fixable. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. You can tell people whatever you want to tell them, but if you show them a video of it, and if they can tell it ain't been photoshopped or yeah. shopped or whatever you call that, then they've got to kind of believe it. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I had several subjects I wanted to touch on. <clears throat> One of them I'm going to touch on is I feel that if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. Now, for me, I see people try to do something and try to do it and try to do it and try to do it because they see me do it and they've seen it work. And they assume, they assume that's really simple because I just did it. But sometimes, you know, it's like baking a cake. You gotta have the right ingredients, but you gotta use them right, and then you gotta use the right temperature, everything, or else it doesn't work. And I think that thing is for me with dogs is sometimes it's what you do and the exact time you do it Mm -hmm. is what gets the results you get. And I go back to, and I was talking to Kay about it this morning, I go, you shouldn't let no dog school no dog. If a dog scolds a dog, chews a dog, bites a dog, snaps at a dog, just correct a dog, then an owner hadn't done the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a common thing. I mean, and people think because my old dog's cool, it can be the boss and the correct dogs, and it's not cool. Mm-hmm. It gets you in trouble, especially if you get a mean dog. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that uh, Milo humping on... What's his name? That dog got took it personal. Yeah. He's like, we ain't having none of this stuff. Yeah. And luckily, I was right there and growled at him. I mean, they instantly split and went two separate corners. But <clears throat> if they wouldn't have been two well-mannered dogs, it would have been a bad dog fight. Yeah. Because both those dogs don't fight. So I think if for me, I think you was talking earlier about whenever you start with a dog, you can't expect this until you've done this, you know. You've got to set a path and mm-hmm. take a step at a time. And for me, I see people get in trouble because they take shortcuts. Like for me, with whatever that dog's name was, I'll go, I can't pronounce very well. It was just here. Canelo. Canelo. If you, I feel that if they came back right now and they opened a car and got that dog out and handed you the leash, we wouldn't get the same results I got, but you would get a whole lot better results than she had when she got her first time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, <clears throat> if they left and they came back again and they handed the leash to Quinn when they got out of the car, she wouldn't get the results that you got or I got, but she was still, I feel, got a better result than the lady got. Yes. Now, at the same time, if the lady came back and you give her the leash when she got out of the car, she would probably have no better results than she had when she got her first time. Mm-hmm. Because that first time... still is down. Memory. Yeah. That's what you see is that first memory when you yeah. got out of the car. Yeah. And that's what makes a difference. But yeah. you've seen it as we won. Mm-hmm. And you've seen it as we won. And you don't know no other way. You didn't. You haven't been dragged around by that dog and seen it yeah. jump and lunge yeah. on people. So you don't yeah. have that vision in your eyes, yeah. in your mind. Yeah. The only vision you have is hearsay. Yeah. And as we know, 
when people show up here and tell us about their dogs, it's normally a lot worse than what they said. What they said. Or the opposite. Well, this time is the opposite, yeah. but not very often. Yeah. Not very often. But she couldn't believe her dog was so good when I got here. Yeah. So that's what makes a lot of difference with the dogs. Yeah. Is when you get here and you're looking for the worst and then something good happens, I mean, you got to smile a little bit to see that there, like you said, there's hope in the round pen, so you could really tell the difference. I thought her dog was cool with me in the round pen. Yeah. Because he is, all he wanted to do is pee on everything, but yeah. <clears throat> that's still another, to me, it's either a medical thing, of course, or a bladder problem, or it's just rude. Yeah. And either one of those, I feel, could be fixed. I mean, as long as there ain't too much medical problem, it is medical, but it's just hard for people to... It's hard to see the good side of something whenever you've seen the bad side so long. Yeah. And you got hurt. Yeah. That's the thing. The yeah, dog she said that her. dog drug her down. Yeah. So it's just a bad deal when you get to that situation. The same thing with a dog that bites the owner. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get over it. Yeah. When your best friend, your baby, grabs hold of you and bites and draws blood, yeah. and you, then it's hard to say, oh, shoot, that's okay. We'll fix that. Yeah. Because you'll keep having flashbacks. So, uh, Brett, how long have we been on here, man? 33 minutes. So, what else, what other subject? Quinn, what do you want to talk about? What do you and me talk about? You can talk about puppies. I should let you. Your puppy's so cool. Your puppy is cool. Why do you feel like your puppy is cool? Because I kennel trained him from the start. And, and goes in this kennel. what did you treat it like? A dog. Really? I did. <laughs> it amazes me. I mean, I had confidence in you. We weren't taking bets. I, if we would have, I'd have probably won, though. Well, I think my big my bigness weakness as and like as an apprentice to be a dog trainer was I wasn't advocating for the dogs. I had certain expectations that I wanted for Rue and I had certain expectations that I want for all the other dogs and I feel that I was like like if a dog were to come up to Rue I was gonna be like she is not gonna attack it and then when she would I wouldn't advocate advocate that the other dog was annoying her so I always like put the blame on my own dog because I wait I'm not describing this well I have to figure out how to describe it. When you advocate for a dog, I was always kind of like a sense of my pride would And it is, and that's what hurts people. If my dog were to attack People take it personal. Yeah. So I wouldn't advocate for my dog in order to not lose Because you were so disappointed that she made a mistake. Yeah, and so I feel like with Nash, I learned how to advocate because I live with three other dogs that aren't mine so I told my roommates I will advocate for my dog if your dog is picking on him or you will stand up for your dog yeah. right yes yes yeah same thing but in my language it's like you're gonna stand up for your dog and and that's one of the things that we always talk about the three of us talking about it out there on the playground while ago is I will ask somebody to keep her dog away from me yeah I'll keep people away from my dog yes. if they misbehave. Well, me too. But, I mean, yeah. when people come here for a lesson, I'll be like, don't let that dog buy me. Because the other dog, you told me to tell her about the other day with a little muzzle on. Yeah. 
the lady, I seen it pull in, and it was sitting there in the car. Well, it was bouncing around in the car, and the lady was strapping a muzzle on it. And I'm like, holy shit, it is a dust mop, and I knew I was in trouble already because Bianca wasn't here because I was going to have to go do something. <clears throat> that lady let the dog out. I said, keep that thing away from me. And uh, seconds in, I had my pants leg. I'm like, ma'am, keep your dog away from me. And it ran into me like three or four times. She's like, well, it's got a muzzle on. I'm like, I know, but it can open his mouth. I got my pants leg. And so for me, here, that's why I told you to, well, you know better, but I told you to get through the gate and get the gate between you and the dog, whatever. Don't let the dog walk within, well, the ranch distance of you, really. If you got a choice in the gateway, get the gate between you and the dog. Yeah. Because the people don't always hold the dog. No. <clears throat> so that's the thing gets us in trouble. But like you were saying a while ago with your puppy, for me it's fun here. It's really fun if Suzanne listened to this podcast that we got Suzanne starting to do some puppy lessons too for her. So that's pretty exciting because I'm not hard. It's not hard to get me bored in teaching a little puppy, fluffy puppy to sit and stay. Stay, don't take very long. And lead on a leash. I mean, I think the big thing for people's expectations are they spend an hour and their puppy's going to lead. And it's not quite that quick. Like that little thing up there that wants to eat somebody. I hadn't ate us yet, but... Tucker. Tucker. A little dust mop. It smells like whatever it is. Cinnamon buns. Cinnamon buns, yeah. <laughs> I've never smelled a dog that smelled like that day after day. It's been here a week, huh? I know. It's it's strong, whatever yeah. it is. And it still leads now. Well, it's starting to lead now. Actually, it walked yep. today. Yeah. So that's pretty fun for it. But <clears throat> for me, that little dog's six months old. Mm-hmm. And it's a sweetheart. You should probably handle it. Mm-hmm. It's a sweetheart unless you piss it off, and it's going to eat you. And it gets madder when you try to make it quit. So it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> it escalates. And, and I haven't seen that side of that one yet. It's, it's really it's, funny when they're small. <laughs> you let them get their teeth through your fingers and nails and shit. It ain't so funny. It's only I, funny. I'll rephrase that. It's funny when they're small and you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's funnier when it's somebody else's fingernails. But for me, that's the bad thing about the little pups is... Uh, People don't want to hurt them. They don't want to hurt their feelings, and they don't want them to not love them, and so they avoid it. And then one day you can't avoid it no more, and somebody gets bitten. It's usually me, because they're usually here by then. Like Russell video we got, we're going to see one day from the start to the end. We're going to use it for a training video. Because I think that uh, I think it'll be really beneficial to anybody who wants to train a dog here. Because that dog went from being put down yeah. to being cool. Yeah. The last I seen it was cool. I haven't seen it for a while. You thought you, thought you seen yeah, it a while back. Yeah, I saw trotting along on a run in Sherwood. So for me, it's pretty fun to fix a pup like that. And, and we had one here recently. Somebody said they was going to have to put it down. Harry. Huh? Harry. I don't remember Harry. Who's Harry? The, the lady, that the other trainer. It was a couple, older lady. Uh, oh, that's right. That was just here recently. Yeah. <clears throat> and that dog took, like, about that long fix. Yeah. So I think that sometimes people think it's because a dog bites somebody that they're just doomed. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that's true. I've hit people before. I wouldn't hit them again. Mm-hmm. 
you know, sometimes it was painful. <laughs> sometimes I figured out it wasn't a good decision. Too many beers involved in it. But I feel that <clears throat> the thing is for a dog is a lot of times they bite you because you need bit. Bottom line, you've communicated in a way that they don't understand. So their only way to respond, respond to get it to quit is bite you. Yeah. Like now we have a dog that one person is really mean to it verbally, not physically. And the other person loves it and tells it's okay. So the dog sees both people as not a leader. Mm -hmm. So the dog's lost. So it bit a guy. And now I sometimes, I mean, I'm going to go back to the trainers. I mean, me, I still love to go learn. I mean, if I get an opportunity to go learn from a trainer, I'm on it, you know. But I feel that sometimes it's really hard when you have two trainers trying to teach one person and the trainers have two different ways. It don't work. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work very well at all. Or not in my world. <clears throat> now, excuse me, in other worlds it may work great, but... I don't do treat training, and I mean, everybody that knows me knows that, and there's thousands of other people now that know that, but I feel my dogs always want love, affection, and to be told they're good and to be patted on the head, and if you mean it. Yeah. You can't do it because I said so and not mean it because the dogs know, hey, you're lying, I don't, I'm a one, but they don't always want to treat, so... And then we get dogs here that's had two different people had five different flavors of treats, and their dogs still checked out and said, "No, I'm not hungry today." So it makes a lot of difference. And I'm assuming you don't treat train your dog. I'm sure you got treats somewhere. <laughs> so <laughs> only that was not Quinn. Treat training. That was like Quinn we were talking to. Because you want to. Correct. And that's, that's what Bianca yep. always told me. She that's did. what I was hoping you would say. Give your dog a cookie. Yeah, you can give your dog anything you want. I mean, I remember cowboying up in the mountains over Montana, especially. We'd be back up four or five hours, ride back up in the mountains and with mama cow calf pairs. And we would stop and let the cows and calves pair up before we left the mountain and we'd eat lunch. And I remember sharing sandwiches with my dog, sporting him. Didn't give them much because I was pretty hungry, but I would give them a little bit of it. <laughs> and, and they loved it. I mean, to them, I gave them everything because I actually gave them a treat, a piece of a sandwich, whatever I was eating that day, or a piece of bread or whatever. It didn't matter what I had. They didn't care what I had either. Like I said, they, just, they got something from me, and that's why it means so much. Mm -hmm. I feel you give it to them because you wanted to, and that makes a lot of difference compared to giving them their, for doing something. Now, on a, another note, I feel, and I know you can agree with me on this, is sometimes you have to be really careful what kind of tricks you teach dogs. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've taught dogs not tricks, per se, but, but it was part of my cowboying. I taught a dog I had named Jake to go over a gate or a fence or go through it or go find the hole and go under it. And if I told him to go under it, he knew there was a hole there, so he had to hunt till he found it, and he went under the fence. Because <clears throat> I didn't like him jumping barbed wire fences and woven wire fences, anything he could get a leg hung in. But 
for me, that wasn't trick training. It was part of what I'd done. But it never did come back to haunt me. Now, Bear, as you know, if you leave him somewhere and he gets pissed off, he'll jump fence come by me because he'll jump out of the urinary and round pen. I don't even know if he can make it to the gate. The last couple of times somebody put him in there, he didn't... He didn't jump the front gate, but he jumped out of the urinary into the main part round pen. So I just quit putting him. I don't let people put him in there because there ain't no reason for it. But he would jump the playground gates too and come out there with me. But <clears throat> so I caught him a couple times and used electric collar and got him to stop doing that. But it amazes me to see people come here. And I'm not picking on you, mind you, this time. I'll get you later. But I've seen people come here. And they have taught their dogs such awesome tricks, hard tricks in my world. Mm -hmm. But they can't turn Fluffy loose because he'll run away. Yeah. And he won't quit jumping on them. And he'll put his teeth on them on Sunday if they don't give him Growls part of their burger. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll do a trick. Yeah. And it's like, damn, why don't you put all that energy into training your dog and do the tricks later? Yeah, and I think sometimes that... Your dog probably knows tricks, I'm sure. Your puppy. No? Not even rollover? No, I struggle with rollover. <laughs> you what? I struggle with rollover. No, I didn't teach. I wasted all my tricks on Rue, and then I just stuck to obedience. Because I thought having a dog that knew how to shake, and I did teach how to smile and, like, speak and all those things I thought that was way cooler but when you have a super obedient dog that you cooler. only have to say yeah. sit once or it comes to you and it's called that to me I was impressed with your little puppy come to you a while ago yeah that's pretty cool you've done a good job uh for me when it comes to dog training and puppy training you know we talk about puppy training a lot because people always ask me how the hell you treat a puppy teach a puppy to Go bathroom outside, inside, sit in the house. Not very good at that. I'm not a house trainer, really, but I can tell you with my dogs, if I <clears throat> have a house dog, if I teach them to lay and stay in a spot, I'll put them in wherever I want in my house, tell them go there and they'll go there. So for me, that's not a huge thing to teach, but it is a huge thing to have in your arsenal when you want your dog to go behave and leave you alone. Yeah. So, and them not be traumatized because they can't see you. I remember when you came here with Scout, he was, holy shit, he'd scream crap, he couldn't see you, and now you lose him half the time, you don't even know where yeah. you put him. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of dog training is to be able to do that. And so for the people who don't know that's on here, I wrote, wrote or written two books. Wrote, right? Written. 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 Hey, I was right, too. You wrote a book. <laughs> You've written two, two books. books. So I've written two books. I think. Uh, <laughs> huh? I think. I just might have made that up, but that's what sounds right. I'm going to take your side because I was right. <laughs> but I've written two books about catching cattle and working dogs. And uh, one of them, I had a guy from Texas put it on audio book, which you probably don't have, or you can listen to it in your car if you've got a CD player. I don't. <clears throat> My granddaughter. Cody, she knows every word in that book because she's listened to it so many times. Her book's about wore out, too. So I signed her book for her and gave it to her the other day. But one of the things in that book is, you know, a person sees something, they have their version, and somebody else sees it, they have their version. So 
I want to just touch bases on the story with me and Jody because I don't think she can hear me if she's in there. If she does, she's going to come screaming around the corner. <laughs> but we had a calf name. We called it DQ, short for Dairy Queen. And we was down doing a cow dog training practice thing at some friend's house. And we hauled horses there, too, because Jody liked to cut. And so she had been working cows with her horse, and I was training cows with my dog. And sport he was like he was a pretty cool dog and he was in the arena just shitty rainy outside not a very nice day night night but the calves were in the arena and they were standing down the far end and we were getting ready to go jody was in the arena and sport was in the arena and i told jody i said i said hey jody step out and bring calves down well i don't know my version is sport misunderstood me he thought I said, bring the cows down. And Jody, I don't know what she heard, but she didn't leave the arena. And DQ, of course, as soon as Sport went around, the other cows were being normal, but DQ ran as hard as he'd go because it was a bottle bag one time. Probably eight, nine hundred pounds steer and just ran Jody over, laid her flat on the ground. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> she got up. I mean, she said so many profanity words. <laughs> I don't even know if you can write them all. And her story is totally different. She said, I just had support to run her over, but I didn't. It was totally accident. But so the thing is for me, even with dog training, you know, I had to think about what I did to cause what happened and what I would have done differently next time. And like I said, sport was pretty smart and he just misunderstood me. Yeah, maybe if I'd had him trained to where I said his name before he done a command, it would never happen because I did not say sport, bring the cows. So for me, I always, whenever I'm in a situation like that, I always think about it back to the training days and ways and what words do you use. But I would have not used any word that Jody used. <laughs> when I wrote my book, she read it. She totally disagrees with it. And I told her if she would write her version, I would put it right behind mine. And she never has wrote it. But it is for me. It was pretty funny. It is now. It wasn't funny that night. I probably didn't get dinner for a while. <clears throat> but when you do the tr dog training, I think it, some of the the big thing is for people is they don't see the end. Yeah. So they start to trick training. And to treat train. Yeah. And not saying there's nothing wrong with treat train. If you can treat train, get your dog to do what you want. I mean, more power to you. I don't mind, though. But I feel that, for me, it's the same thing when people want to learn how to train a cow dog. I'm like, you can buy my cow dog training video and watch it from the start to the end. And learn all the commands, everything, so you kind of have an idea of what you want at the end so you don't have to change. Because that's what happens when you treat treat. When you teach a dog a command, for to change that command, you got to get rid of that words and add the new words. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. Because sometimes you'll use the previous word that was in this one thing on something else, and then that'll change your whole train. Like telling a dog to sit down. Yeah. The other day, somebody asked their dog, would you sit down? And I'm like, no. And they're like, what? I'm like, no. <laughs> It's like, you asked him a question, I'm answering for him. And they thought it was funny once it was done, but when I first answered, I don't know if they thought it was very funny or not. Because, but they did. They asked him a question and just did the same set. Yeah. <clears throat> and with Bodie today out there in the field, I was showing those kids how to get him because he won't set for him. 
Bo. Bo. He won't set for him, so I was showing him how. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, they're tickled to death with both their dogs now because they can have them both in the house. They don't argue. And they said that what's his name's trained better than Bo. Tobin. Yeah, but it's because we trained Tobin. Yeah. And we just worked with Bo for a week yeah, or whatever. Yeah, we started him. Yeah, and just try to get some manners on him. But So do you have anything to add before we sign off? I think we've been on there long enough, huh, Brett? Yeah, about 51 minutes. Huh? 51 minutes. Yeah. I don't think so. How about you? No, I don't think so. What's the most valuable thing you've learned today? To take things slow. Because I rushed trying to get that Bernese Mountain Dog to settle. And the dog won in that scenario. So I just need to learn to take, like... It's slower and really teach the dog rather than just like demonstrating to the owners what it should look like. I need to be actively teaching the dog. Yes, and that's the thing that gets us in trouble with training a lot is me, I'll forget the owners there and train on my dog mm-hmm. or their dog. But always when you get a pup like you had, six-month-old Bernice Mountain Dog pup that knows nothing, <clears throat> and you're trying to get it to do something for someone, it makes it hard. If I'm going to get a dog to do something, it's for me. Because I'm the one that's training on it, not for the owner. And I think that's the way with that big dog today. If I would have tried to get that dog settled to make the that lady feel better, I would have lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't never did make the dog settle. Yeah. I just give him the confidence in me that he didn't have to worry so he could settle. That makes sense? Yeah. When the Husky people came in, they were really honest, which we love. They were like, well, we got the puppy. We did some research. We realized we probably shouldn't have gotten this puppy. We've never owned a dog before. We don't know what we're doing, and we're trying really hard, but it's not working. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, cool, we can work with that. And then I was thinking to myself, holy crap, they got one of these mini husky things, and they got this cute little kid with them. And so before I even said anything, I was like, well, let me borrow the dog for a minute. And I was like pretending they weren't there. I'm like, let's figure out how much of a little shit you are with the dog. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's really cool. So then I was like, all right, you've got, we can fix this. But before I even said anything, I'm like, let's see how big of a problem you've created. Yeah, don't go bragging until you can figure it out. we can help you. (laughs) That's the same thing with that lady with that big dog today. I was sure if I could handle him, you know. And for me, sometimes, I mean, it's, it's almost like you see them dogs, as soon as you take the leash, you're like, okay, what do you want to do? Because they don't have to worry. And the confidence part of it. And I always say, don't nobody ever misunderstand me. There's a huge difference between confidence and cocky. Mm-hmm. Cocky will get your ass ate. And you have nothing that you have to prove. No, I don't. I don't never have to prove, and you don't either, and yeah. you. I've told all of everybody who works here, we have nothing to prove to nobody. Yeah. All we want to do is make cool dogs and cool owners. And if, I think if we stick to that motto, it'll be cool. Yeah, it works. But yeah. as soon as you start trying to change it, it just makes life hard. And so we don't want to do that. And I've worked dogs for, well, 30 years ago, probably the first dog I ever trained. And... You know, I trained the first dog in 93, 94, whatever, I guess it's been 28 years or whatever. But then I skipped a long time, Then, but the last 24, 25 years or whatever. <clears throat> there's probably not a week 
went by that I haven't worked with a dog, except when I have a knee replaced. Then I took off three and a half weeks, and I didn't even go in the kennels. But even now, I go back, I mean, every day I'm up there pretty much. But it's not because I have to be, it's because I love working on dogs. And, I mean, who gets that option to be able to do something they love to do every day and make a living? Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't have no gold stashed or no yachts or nothing or vacation homes. I wouldn't but, trade for that. No. Uh, if I had a vacation home, it'd be up on the hill above <laughs> <laughs> my dog kills. So I see y'all working dogs. But it is. I mean, it's huge for me to be able to, to fix dogs for people and help people with their dogs. And and it's fun to see them when they can come back together like Tobin and his owner. And they can have so much fun with their it dogs. It changes their life and their dog's life. Yeah, they don't have to worry no more. They don't have to worry about dogs getting in dog fights and stuff. So, All right, well, we're going to jump off here. Bianca, thank you. Quinn, thank you. And Brad, of course, thank you. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks a lot. And this is a cow in the garden. <laughs> no. Not kidding. Yeah, not kidding. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast. If you found this information helpful, we suggest following even more of our dog training tips and resources on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher.